From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 192, and today I'm joined by Rob Scarborough, a DP who's made such films as Room for Rent, as well as working on the TV series Baroness Von Sketch Show, for which he won a Canadian Screen Award. And he and I just did a little project together as well. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch I Think We're Alone Now. I think I'm alone now? I think we're alone now. Well, I think we're alone now. In isolation. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this film, and I'm here with Rob Scarborough, who has also not seen this film, and you suggested this film. Yes. Yeah, I, I, uh, I heard about it a long time ago, and I love Reed Moreno, the director, and my, a friend of mine actually is a camera operator on the film, um, and so I heard about it when it was being shot, and it sounded awesome, Peter Dinklage, uh, end of the world movie, and I was like, awesome, coming in, and, and Reed Moreno was directing, so I thought it'd be a good thing to sort of touch on after months of forgetting about it. Yeah. She's done a bunch of uh, handmaids, hasn't she? Yeah, that's right. She's, like, I know more cause she's also a DP, right? Yeah. She shot a bunch of stuff um, and then started shooting handmaids and started directing handmaids. I think is how it worked. I think. Nice. Um, yeah. So she's, she's a very visual director as we found out watching that movie. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I'm looking forward to. I didn't know uh, this movie was not on my radar at all until you saw it, and I was surprised because I love the so many. I mean, Peter Dinklage, I love him, um, uh, and I don't know much. Like renting it through iTunes kind of spoiled a couple little things because they just like <laughs> actors' names flash on. But all I yeah. really know about this film is that it's post-apocalyptic and has Dinklage, Elle Fanning, and I think Giamatti. Yeah, that's right. And, that's I think, all I, I think and that's all I know. When when it was sort of when it um, the trailer came out and everyone started uh, the press tour started happening, those two weren't even so the the um, Shelley Gainsborough and the um, Paul Giamatti stuff. They weren't even mentioned in the credits. They weren't mentioned in the trailer because it's kind of a big, which is weird. It sucks that you're right. It sucks sort of seeing their names because it is a big sort of a reveal, I guess. Ah, uh, fuck! You know? God damn yeah. it! I know. iTunes. Yeah. How yeah. dare you spoil yeah. that? Yeah. I th- well, I think I read a review. I don't know. Maybe when it first came out, that mentioned their name right away. And I was like, oh, what? And it's, it's like in the third act. They, I'm like, what? Why would you mention something in the third act? I know. Did you ever watch, um, oh, God, now I'm blanking on it, uh, Last Man on Earth? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I loved it. Yeah, and, and, ugh, and the way that ended it was such and was such an amazing cliffhanger, and we'll never know the ending. But oh, I didn't see. I didn't actually see the last season. That's the one season I haven't seen. It's great, season. and it ends. And it's too bad they didn't come back because it ended on such a great cliffhanger. Uh, oh, but that's man, a show on purpose. Well, they did it on purpose because they were expecting to come back, and then they didn't get. Ah, and I was oh, working man. with Cleopatra. Uh, Coleman, who's on it, she was in my last movie, James versus the Future. Oh Self. no way, that's cool. Yeah, and so yeah. I was, she was on set oh, yeah. when she found out oh, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, she was with us when she found out it wasn't coming back. Bummer. Yeah, was, I, I could watch that show. That first, that first, I mean, the first two seasons are so strong. That first, the first three or four episodes is like a really great little movie. You know, like just that him. The, the first episode, just him around town doing shit that you would do if you're the only person on earth. And it's such a great that pilot episode is unbelievable. Yeah, and what so, I anyway, yeah. but to your to your point of like when people are like, oh, who's in the show? I just say it's just Will Forte. You got to watch it. And they're like, what do you mean it's just Will Forte? Yeah. I'm like, well, it's called The Last Man on Earth. So people, uh, 
Yeah. Because yeah. I don't, it's such a great, like I, I was lucky that I caught that show when it started. Uh, and yeah. so I was just watching episode after episode. So as they started and spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen that show, but as that show was starting, um, I, it was such a delight to see how they slowly built the, the, the entire cast over the that first season. Yeah. You know, because it took a while. It was almost it. like every episode yeah. they added a new cast member for like five or yeah. six episodes. And then you were like, yeah. are they going to keep doing this? Are they going to... So anytime a new <laughs> yeah. character showed up, you're like, is this person going to stick around? Or are they going to be yeah. gone? Because they also did that really well. They'd bring on big celebrities and then kill them off like <laughs> very yeah. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Will Ferrell stuff is yeah. some of my favorite. It's just great. Ever. Because you're perfect. like, yeah. I buy that he could become part of this show. It's so good. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Every time you see him, you're excited again. You're like, yeah. oh, shit. Or, 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 sorry, or, or like, or whoever the this, this star is for that moment. You're like so excited that they're going to be on the show all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. Then it's, no, then it's well, the way, they use J- the way they use Jason, is Jason Sudeikis that you're talking about? Yeah. And uh, um, John Hamm in the, I think it's the first season or the second season. Yeah. And the way, uh, the way they use jo- Jason Sudeikis though is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, so good. Anyway, I digress. So okay. then anyway, but so but yeah. that that's kind of a sideways conversation of this because this is I I'm sure a very different uh vibe on post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it. I mean, it's uh it's it it looks it looks I mean, the trailer looks very silent. I don't know if there's any words in the entire trailer, so maybe it's um Oh, interesting. A very visual. A visual. I didn't I, I purposely didn't. I love going in it's so rare you can go into a movie knowing nothing so i i purposely looked up absolutely nothing for this right. besides just like seeing you know looking it up to make sure i hadn't seen it or seen part of it yeah uh and then as soon as i was dinkley's i'm like no i would remember this so i i tried to look up as little as possible to go into this uh with a clean a clean slate yeah it didn't get as didn't give as much press as i would, would have thought i mean i'm not sure um, it just, it looked so good from the trailer to me. I mean, visually it just looked, it just, and it just looked like a perfect, that style of movie that I wanted to see. Uh, so I, yeah. I'm surprised I forgot about it this long and I'm glad. It's I just the nature. I mean, it's this unfortunate, it's the unfortunate nature now of independent film in yeah, the exactly. world where it's just like films come and go because there's so many and there's so much content that even if they're really good, they kind of slip through the cracks. Really. It's, it's really hard for, you know, we don't have the breakout indie films the way we did in the nineties. Yeah. Just because sure. of the, because of the nature of it. It's uh, I don't know. Well, if the, that's I think it's the, I mean, it's the algorithms that sort of cater to the user so that, you know, if, if someone doesn't watch movies like this, they might not ever see it on their Netflix algorithm, you know, so no. it's, instead, of, instead of being like in a video store where it's just like on the front, you know, the front, uh, shelf for the for three months that's out and everyone gets to see it and then it goes into a place where you can still find it it just goes into this sort of netflix void of black hole Amazon yeah of like hole. unless you, yeah. unless you're looking for it it doesn't yeah. exist i know exactly it's uh i wish they'd find a better way to like curate it's almost like the way i mean it'd be great if they could find a way like, the way spotify curates i think is well done the way they have like the, the release radar and, and the, so it's like, I'm, I'm constantly discovering new songs that I wouldn't have ever found yeah. on Spotify, oh, but by like totally. using those like curated lists that they generate, however they generate them, like yeah. whatever that algorithm is, I wish all the, all the VOD services would use because I think there's something nice in discovering something that's just left of what you usually watch, but you'd probably dig it too. Yeah, and, and know what like they do on Spotify, which I love too, is like that when the, when artists curate playlists, like they they that's so fun. So I mean, if if you if you could have someone like even Reed Morano releases a film and then she also curates a list for a couple weeks. Here's like ten movies to watch that I think would either inspire this movie. It'd be it'd be, it'd be interesting to see because no one really does that in the sort of streaming video world. They do it in streaming audio a bunch. But no, that'd be super smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the closest I can think to that is the cri- Criterion website does that, like makes lists oh, cool. of Criterion. Oh, that's cool. uh, actually, that's not true. They do do that on the Criterion channel. Oh, that's they cool. We'll like, have so, um, filmmakers. Yeah, like make, and then they do like an interview with them and then they explain why with the movies they picked. So they do do that on the Criterion channel. Okay, that's very cool. 
So it'd be, but it'd be great to see that being done on the mass you know, scale. Yeah. Netflix and prime and Hulu and all those other kind of channels to go through their catalog and be like, yeah, I guess the problem is that those catalogs are in such high turnover <laughs> Yeah, that true. it, that those lists wouldn't, would only be relevant for like six months to a year at best. Yeah. 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 So true. it's probably challenging to on that level, but I think yeah. there's some, anyway, there's just a better there's way. There. Yeah. There's, there's a better algorithm out there. They haven't quite stumbled upon yet. Totally. I mean, I, I just, just before we, I started talking to you, there was, uh, my, my, I, my girlfriend and I have to share the same Netflix account and she has like a, you know, uh, she has her login and I have my login, but it's the same account. But we, the difference between the movies that we see, even though she's, cause she's only used this, uh, we live together for a month now. So she's only used this account maybe three or four times. Um, so it's been like Gilmore Girls and some other shows that have have dictated her her choices. Yeah, it's so off base. Like nothing on the main page is anything she'd watch. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's like know. so off. My whole family shares my Spotify, so it's such a fucked up like mishmash. <laughs> like, but that's great. That's why I love that they give you like five or six daily li- or like uh, lists. like lists that they make on their own because. They group them based on different genres, and it kind of yeah. works out perfectly. That there's a couple that anyone in my family would like, but there's a couple I'm like this one. I'm like, oh, that's Annie's list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. curate yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that one's yeah. more for her. But it's great that they they kind of do that. But yeah, that's what I mean. Even when you have like someone like a list that's such like crazy diverse content, like Spotify has found some way to separate it for you, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely more better curated, for sure. And I think I think that's probably a little bit because they actually have people slash algorithms. I don't think Netflix has. I mean, I'm sure they have some people in an office somewhere, but I think Spotify is a little bit more diligent with their um, people making lists thing. You know, and I think that's kind of um, probably why uh, makes a difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, this well, is a movie that we both. On, on that note, yeah, it's like we, yeah. we we have curated this film for ourselves, thanks to you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's dive in and watch. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So we just finished watching. And uh, what did you think? Um, it's a good question. I think I loved... Okay, so I love movies uh, that dystopian world's always fun to watch. Um, yep, same. But I li- going into that, so going into it, I was sort of had high high expectations, and, and uh, just I mean, although that genre has been done to death, I still had some expectations for it. Um, overall, I I didn't love the last act, um, but the first probably half of the movie is wonderful. Like all the silence and all the, yeah, um, I had the exact same feeling like that last act. I don't quite get what the movie was trying to say with it. I don't think it was trying to say anything. I think it's just, it's very sci-fi. And well, I don't know if it was trying to say something, maybe that's where they lost me too, because it didn't say anything to me either. Well, I mean, I think, I guess, you know, looking at what the title is and where it goes, like it's almost like, the movie is trying to argue for is his existence better where he's got nothing but memories and this feeling of a void. Yes, right. And, or is it better to live this other life where you're just able to wipe your brain clean and just move on into a new world where you don't have the baggage of the old world? Yeah. But I, the thing I hated about that decision was forced on I didn't understand why the Paul Giamatti character was forcing people to do this. Why, why, why couldn't that be, have been a choice? Why did that have to be secretive? Why did it have to be, why was he, why is he scary? You know what I mean? Like it's, it feels like that should be an easy choice to make. Either you want no memory or you do want memory. of. Yeah. Past. And it's almost like it's the curse of Paul Giamatti. It's like, I find he's very, especially later on in his career, he's kind of like just, he just gets cast as that creepy dude now. Yeah. You know, well, he's, like, he's, he's always like the, I don't know. Like uh, he's, how, how do you describe it? He's like the, uh, um, like the car, like used car salesman, but there's like, there's more behind his eyes that, yeah. you know, it's, it's a very, it's a, yeah, you're right. He plays that exact same. 
and, it's, and, and it's too bad because earlier yeah. on, like we saw variances of it, like even in um, yeah, totally uh, shoot me up or whatever it was, where he gets to play a bit over the top of that Clive Owen movie. Uh, is it shoot? Oh it yeah, up? yeah. Whatever it's called, yeah, shoot, yeah, shoot, yeah, I think so. Yeah, shoot it up or something. Something of some variation of that title. Uh, and like he always plays kind of like an unlikable bit of a schlub, but it's like you know the beginning of his career where he's doing stuff like. American, not the beginning of his career, but like when he first kind of broke out in a bigger way, but like American Splendor and Sideways and those kind of movies, he got to really play this human. But now it's like, it's almost like he's yeah. been slotted into this, like not quite one dimensional because he's a better actor than that, but there's really tropey kind of thing he does. Like I, I, lo- I love, I don't know if you saw Love and Mercy. I didn't know. It's the Brian Wilson biopic, and he. Oh, played, I did. Yeah, sorry, I did. Yeah, I yeah, saw and, that. And so yeah. he he plays the um, the like manager, the, the dickhead manager, kind of a doctor. Like he be, he he almost like forces himself to become his manager. But yeah, yeah, right. But it, like it's Forgot almost the that. same character as he's playing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's very true. Yeah, and you're right. Like he he had he had so much. It was it was easy to relate to Paul Giamatti at some point. You know, like the characters he was choosing, he was he the every, more he was, of an everyman. Yeah, it was the everyman, and he was like, and he was likable because he was the guy that fucked up stuff. But then he'd redeem himself at some point. But now he's just the the the, the creepy weirdo character, and there's no redeemable or anything interesting about those characters anymore. It feels like, especially this one. This one was sort of like, yeah, lost me. It just kind of totally lost. As soon as he was in that movie, I that that first scene at the table was really interesting. I thought, and I yeah. thought, okay, this is weird, and what's going to happen here? Well, because you're could, trying to figure out like what was going yeah. on. Like, is that really his her dad? Yeah, you calling her? You know, and I could see that like reading that in a script and being like, oh, this scene's going to be awesome. Like, because it's such a it's such an interesting thing for him to come down from upstairs. He hears voices. He comes downstairs, and then he's. Then he just that there's people there like what the fuck you know, that, that's such an interesting concept and then soon as the, so but at the end of that scene when he goes outside you're just kind of like what uh, what is what it's, it was more it was it wasn't sort of a, instead of it being like a, an interesting reveal it was just um, a bump in the road or something I found uh, you know like it didn't really feel part of the same movie uh, almost you know it was weird. It's very strange. Yeah, I would say that it's just like it just feels like the way they were setting it up. I thought there was something really interesting with the way you know, just the way he saw the world. Like he yeah. wanted to clean it. He wanted to like clean up the houses, and he had like this yeah. whole thing he was doing. And just the idea that it's just like oh, the, like you know, a lot of the rest of the world it was, it was the idea that it's like the rest of the people that were lived in North America anyway had all gathered in that one city. Was that what we were supposed to kind of decide? Or, I, or yeah, that, I mean, I think there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief. I, I, I don't know. I assume that at least the people. Oh yeah, he did say. Actually, Paul Giamatti said at some point we left like almost like a Last Man on Earth style. We left signs everywhere. So I think yeah. I think what he meant was he drove people to that spot. So yeah, I think you're right. I think everyone at least in that area that would have seen the signs at all at least are there. So who knows if there's other, you know, a little tiny civilizations, other places in the world, who knows, but it just think, hadn't gotten around to Paul Giamatti. Yeah, Poor yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, the, and I love the way the, the, the start of the film was so good. That first 20 minutes, I was like, Oh, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this movie. I, you know, the first 20 minutes, all this, uh, just following him around, Following um, Peter Dinklage's character around and, and his everyday routine, and his everyday routine is is you know cleaning up the town and cleaning up the bodies that are sort of he's like the last guy in this town and he's cleaning up the bodies. But you just sort of sort of follow him and is the normality of the normalcy of that um, that job he's doing almost. I guess it's not a job, but it's it's uh, that that busy work that he's doing. Well, that's I mean, he's, it's a job he's given himself. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that first twenty minutes. I thought that was beautifully done, wonderfully shot, wonderfully acted, and I yeah, I was right in from the beginning. I was like, oh man, because even that that um, that first five minutes or so, that the the editing that was like the jump cuts and the the pace was so nicely paced. Mm-hmm. The first so that first that first big twenty minutes was so amazingly paced. 
and then you sort of introduce the new character and it's it's you know again it's it's supposed to fuck up the rhythm obviously that's the whole point of it um and i thought she was good i didn't love her in it but i thought she was good i thought she was kind of miscast a little bit and and when she a little bit yeah and it just felt creepy when she came on to him yeah i i that was i thought that stuff any of the romance stuff that happened was very unnecessary and very um no it it didn't feel like their relationship it felt like the no it felt like a different version of the script and they kept that in there that's what it felt like like, if, you know, like it felt like it felt like someone had there's a love story in there at some point and then they had to recast and they didn't take that out. That's what it felt like, you know. Um, but, yeah, she's she's I, I don't I don't know if it's her or necessarily or just that character's kind of been done, done before, you know. Yeah. Like it's just it's just the same uh, interruption, wacky, just, you know, I, I, I think um What's like a good example? Like Greta Gerwig or something. Maybe if it was Greta Gerwig, it, it would have been... Oh, she, that would have been great. Then she, I would have... Uh, she would have gave it sort of more humanity. And then you would have... When they kissed, it would have been like a big thing. You know? And I would have bought that with her and him. I mean, yeah. they're closer in age, so it doesn't feel creepy. Yeah. But right. also, it's just like... She has this natural... Um, I don't want to say broken quality to her, but she has this like... I think I think what Greta brings is this like you look at her and she's a woman that's had a life. Yeah. And right. you can see shit's happened to her and she's been through some stuff. Well Elle Fanning feels like a child. Yeah. And I, I think I, I think that was a miss missed fire. Um because it, I think it would have worked better if they're a bit closer in age. That if there was, if, if they wanted to make a like a love moment or love interest, or even any any emotional interest at all, it's it would have made sense a little bit closer in age or a little bit. I don't know. I just it just felt off to me. I felt like that was very unnecessary and from a different script or something. Yeah. Know. Well, just and just the nature of the relationship didn't feel romantic. It felt like like no. an uncle, if if anything, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think that first 20 minutes, super haunting. The score is really good. And I, I think I looked, I looked up this, the guy who did the score and I think it's the guy that does some handmaid's tale as well. So I think that she's, you know, she just pilched their entire team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, so uh, there's lots of things I liked about, that movie don't get me wrong i i i I don't think i would i would um i would put it on a a a, you know don't watch no you know but i and i think there's as far as cinematography goes i think it's an incredible piece of work it like feels extremely like there's hardly it feels like there's no lights half the time i mean sometimes obviously there's just lots of sources coming through windows and, and drapes and curtains and stuff that's like the that's the source but that to utilize that in every scene, it just felt very, uh, felt very, um, what's the word, uh, uniform and and in a good in a good way. And so it all, it all felt very natural and soft coming through windows. And uh, yeah, if it just it, it felt it felt great. Yeah, and I didn't even mind like the rep- repetitiveness of like the visuals, which yeah. you know I'm sure from a production point of view it, it meant shooting a bit faster. But it yeah. also just felt like it. They they made it, they did a smart thing where it's like they're using whatever you know production limitations they have to make it feel like it's an artistic choice. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. There's a few. Yeah, like the few, a few of the um, establishing shots they reused and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, well, especially like the shot of him eating it wherever he's living now. Uh, right. Right. That it's like very. He's very silhouette, and you see the outside of the house. There's like him in this, and there's a very similar lighting thing with him in the stacks at the library going through the shelf. Yeah. But then what's nice is that you get this, you know, contrast between like him there alone and then him there with El Fanning. Yeah. Which, which is kind of what the point is, is like the idea is that we're seeing this again, but now it's different. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the, the, um, again, like all that stuff seems it almost felt like I wish there's part of me that wishes it was either just a, a, a them movie, like just, just the two characters 
uh, or just a Peter Dinklage movie. <laughs> you know, I think as soon as you introduce the, the, the third and fourth character and it becomes a sci-fi out of nowhere, it, it sort of suffers from that same, like, um, remember that movie Sunshine? Yep, the Danny um, Boyle movie, yeah. I, I mean, I love it now that I've seen it like three three times. I, I love that movie, but it it suffers from, it becomes a horror movie in the third act. You're kind of yeah. like, what the fuck happened there? Well, and it's challenging because there's no clues. There's no clues. And exactly. that's the problem. It's like, I don't mind when a movie does that, when it does it well. And it's like, and I felt like you've at least primed a little bit to let me know that I'm not necessarily in the movie that I think I'm in right away. Yeah, and I got, exactly. I got, like, it just didn't feel like there was any kind of mystery to solve. Yeah. And exactly. so when that twist comes, it just feels like, I mean, to be fair, you're kind of like, you know, in in the point of view he is, where he's just thrown for a loop and like, and is trying to figure out what the fuck to do about it. But at the same time, it's like, as an audience member, you know, you make a contract with your audience as to the kind of film they're watching, and right. and so what happens if you you do it this way, where you completely don't give any kind of clues at all, you run the risk of completely alienating uh, a lot of them who just aren't up for that that shift that, that late that, shift yeah that, that shift. late in the game you know yeah some yeah. people love that but i think majority of people need just something you don't need to give away too much but you just need just enough to like let I us guess, know that it's like there's something else going on we're not going to tell you what there's a mystery to solve here i would guess they're trying to do that when she keeps looking at her you know there's there's the scar and that that was the hint you know what i mean so she kept looking in the mirror and she see the scar on her neck. Remember that? Yeah, but that could be anything. That's just like that just tells you she had a fucked up past that she didn't want yeah. to talk about. Yeah, it's true. There was no there's no thought at all of you know, um some anything that has anything to do yeah, exactly that's true. That's a good point. It could have been literally anything, which isn't really a mystery. It's more just like what what the fuck? Yeah, it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> and it's like, well that's well it's just like one of those things where it's like, well, you could have done anything here. And it feels yeah. like aliens could have come down from the sky and totally. it would have felt like the exact same shift. Yeah, it wasn't got. a piece of a puzzle. It was like, it, it, it was it was a piece, not part of any puzzle, it felt like. Yeah, now we're just doing something different. Which, again, yeah. like, people love that kind of thing. For me, I like, I don't know, I just like some kind of hint. So I don't feel like I'm completely sidewind. But I think maybe, that I, I'm sure the director would tell you that that was her you know what that was the point was to you know just be completely in his point of view and he didn't have any clues so why should totally totally and um and that's i mean there's a there's a big there's a huge point i mean it does follow him a lot like a lot of following shots a lot of um close-up of his face a lot of so for sure that's i think that's the intention but i think you're right in you know, especially when you're halfway through a movie and you introduce new characters and then it's now it's a different movie, but then it also starts to get even more different instead of it just sort of staying along the same path of like, oh, this is this is her parents. That's weird. It becomes something more than that. And it's almost too late for that to happen because, again, yeah. that, you well, know what I mean, like it felt felt too late. You're like, I, I don't. Why is this? What? Yeah, and and here's the thing is like I said, it's like you people love that, but it's like, I just feel like you just really, really run the risk of of alienating yeah. the bulk of your audience if you do that. Totally, uh, and, and and I think that's the that's that. I mean, like you look at like a this this is the worst comparison. I'm sure that this filmmakers would hate this, but and I mean not not really. I mean the movie I'm about to compare is not it's the it's best one, but uh, Unbreakable. It's like so wonderful how it hints at. All of everything that happens at the end of that movie is slowly, slowly divulged to you throughout the movie. And you, it all adds up to this amazing, holy shit moment at the end. Well, right? when, when, when the, I mean, that's Shyamalan when he's when he's doing it well is, is one of the best at it. You know, yeah, exactly. Like when, when that twist comes at the end of Sixth Sense, it doesn't like and you're starting going through and seeing that and seeing it through that other point of view. Everything tracks. Yeah, totally. Uh, and it's like, and there were clues along the way. You just didn't put them together. Uh, exactly. Yes. But the, exactly. but the movie wasn't. But that's why um, it's so satisfying, right? Yeah. It's that's why it's so much more satisfying because there is a puzzle being put together. So you're watching this thing and you're piecing it together in your mind, 
So when it pays off, it feels so much better. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like you're saying, if without, without those puzzle pieces sort of being laid throughout the, throughout the movie, that just, it doesn't feel satisfying. No, it's like you, you have other puzzle pieces left over. Yeah. Like. Haley Joe Osmond says outright, I see dead people and they don't yeah. know and they don't know they're dead. Yeah. They don't always yeah. know they're dead. Yeah. And it's like, great. You are, you told us, ex- you told us the twist early on. I know. Um, and we just best. didn't, we didn't pick up on it, but it's like yeah. the movie It's not, it's not all of a sudden he's like, Oh, by the way, I see dead people in yeah, the third exactly. act. Yeah, exactly. You know, they set yeah. that up from the get go. Totally. So it doesn't it, feel. Yeah. And it, it feels, it makes you feel a bit smarter of an audience member, which again, is part of the, is part of the satisfaction of it all of like, of like, Oh fuck. That, that moment that, because there wasn't really an oh fuck moment in this. Like the, when when she shoots Pel Giamatti at the end of the movie, it just felt like who gives a shit? Why did a Why did she shoot him? And what the fuck? Who cares if she did? Like what the fuck matters? That was supposed to be the holy shit moment, but it's like yeah, give it was more like who gives a shit moment to me, you know? Yeah, exactly. I was just texting with somebody about uh, Have you seen the new Invisible Man? No. Okay, I won't say I won't ruin anything then. That's uh, with uh, that's with um, Elizabeth Moss. Moss's Moss, yeah. Did you, did yeah, you, like, good, bad. It's phenomenal. I, I it? think it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Like uh, I was, cool. I, it came out just before COVID hit, so it was one of the last theatrical releases. And I think it's theatrical release. It got released, and then COVID hit, and everything shut down, so it didn't quite stay in theaters the way I'm sure it wanted to. Um, I, I gave that. I, I considered that to be like a perfect horror film. Or thriller Ooh. from whatever you want to call it, oh, because watch it. it it really it did a really great job of taking like this old tropey kind of like sticky invisible man concept, yeah, modernizing it in a way where the themes are ridiculously relevant to today, but also just like it's one of those movies where every character is smart and doing yeah. something smart. And there's no moment where you're like, why are they doing this? Why are they going yeah. in that room? Why are they doing what they're doing? And there are these moments where it's just like things happen. You're like, holy fuck. I can't believe the movie took that turn. And what the hell are they going to do now? Right, right. That's cool. It's, yeah, it's really, I can't highly, I can't recommend it highly enough. And, she, and you know, Elizabeth Moss, fantastic. It's, uh, yeah, you know, always... when when Bloomhouse is, is uh, at their A game, they're, they're doing well. And I think like right. in terms of like, like it's it's very much a, a I mean and the trailer gives this away it's very much a movie of like the the Me Too movement, right? Um and and I think it it does for it does what Get Out did for like smart, um you know socially aware black movies, uh what you know this does for Me Too like it's it's on yeah. that level of quality. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, awesome. So if, if you like Get Out, then you'll yeah. love Invisible Man. That, that's funny because I, I, I saw Get Out. This is sort of a sidebar, obviously, but I, I saw Get Out in the theater. Did not like it. I was like, what? What's? I don't understand why people like this. It's just a. It was just a movie to me, and it felt like as soon as I saw it, started hearing people taking it really seriously, I was like, it's just a Key and Peele sketch in a movie form. That's all this is. And, but then I started reading about it, and and he also said it. That's kind of what it was. And then I watched it again, and I'm like, oh my god, it's so much more layered than I thought. The second watch of the of, of Get Out was so rewarding because I was like, holy shit, it was so much. There's so much more stuff there than I ever thought. But again, as soon as you don't take it too seriously, which people were like, oh my god, it's like this huge moment in movie history of it's saying so much, but it's not, it is, and it's not, it's, it's, it's a comedy first and a social commentary second, you know what I mean? So I think like, anyway, anyway, so the second watch was that. So I, I feel like that's, again, going back to this movie, um, I, I think we're alone now, uh, is that it didn't, it didn't have, I don't think the second watch, you're going to find anything new there. That's, that's the shitty part. There's those puzzle pieces that lead to this sort of, thing at the end which is supposed to be surprising it again it just nothing like nothing added up to this moment enough for it to matter you know what i mean no it and he like, didn't if it, i mean and i guess for him it was like well he did he have an arc did he really learn i mean he he let yeah. her into his life so he but he did that early on yeah exactly like so it's like his arc felt completed by the, that point in the movie so it was like what is this for 
Totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think like I think it's it felt like two movies. It felt like a sci-fi and a sort of uh, I don't know, uh, like a Last Man on Earth, uh, <laughs> um, like a study of what someone would do as the last person on Earth. Like that. That's more interesting. And I think that's why I love a show like The Leftovers. It's it's so much more interesting. Uh, again, it, it's also you know three or four seasons or three seasons long, so you have lots of time to, to, to develop all these ideas. Yeah. But even in the book, it's it's the reaction. It's it's sort of like how people react to this big crazy thing that happens in the world and like end of the world times. That's the most interesting part. So you're watching Peter Dinklage and you're seeing how he's reacting. That to me is the most interesting part. As soon as you throw in this sci-fi twist, it's like I don't care anymore. It's not about people at that point anymore. It's about like, it's about something else, you know. And I think that's where that's where it lost me is when it stopped being about the the, the people, because the, there's a really nice movie there. It just as soon as it went off the rails and changed its changed its focus, it just didn't interest me to watch these uh, this this story anymore. You know, just didn't feel I wasn't connected to it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? we had the same experience. Yeah, and I think like I mean, have you seen have you seen the leftovers? The show. You know what? I started watching it, and I watched the first episode, and I liked it, and I just couldn't get into it. I don't know what it was because I really because again, I love dystopian stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't know what it was. I tried and I tried a couple times, and I was just like, I don't. I don't. Know, I just didn't care for some reason. This, this, this is this is my wire. To, I have the same wire. I have sort of a, a wire talk. People haven't seen the wire. I have a, I have a talk for that. Then I have a leftovers talk. And I think to me, season one of leftovers is amazing. It's one of the best seasons of TVs I've ever seen. But again, it's something that in in small doses, like an episode or two, it just doesn't fly like the wire you know like the wire you're kind of getting into this world is it a cop show is it yeah is i always it, tell people with you know? the wire they got to watch three episodes oh yeah easily yeah i'd say even more than that i was almost like you almost have to get to the end of the first season to then be like oh okay i get it you know um it's the same with the leftovers the first season is so good but then even you get to the end of that first season it's like it's I've, i i think i stood up and clapped it's so good but then you get into the second season. Second season is in my top three seasons of television of all all time. It's that good. It's so it it's it does that it does that again relating it back to this movie that we're talking about. It does that how people react thing like to to, um, to the um, I guess uh, what's the word like uh, an act of God or, you know like how how do, how do how would someone react to being left over essentially. Yeah, um, being left on the planet without with thinking that they're like the last people on Earth, and what how they'd react to the, losing all their family and losing their friends, and you know that that to me is like a better story, and maybe that's been told, and that's that's been told by the leftovers. Um, but yeah, to I mean, me, like you know, people. That's the connection. That's that's the more interesting thing is how people react instead of it. Yeah, all these, I mean, all yeah. these dystopian things kind of like play within all of these themes in different ways. Like, I'm just rereading yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, the comics, the graphic novel series, Why the Last Man yeah. with my son. Um, he's probably a bit young for it, but he's into it. And yeah. uh, and they and, and they play like, you know, some of the characters, they just met this group of people who are like, oh, it's the rapture. In that uh, book, the concept is essentially everything with a Y chromosome with the exception of this one dude and his pet monkey all dropped yeah. dead. Kind of like in this movie, just everyone just all of a sudden died. Right. Uh, but, in, but in the comic book, it's like, it's all the women are alive, every woman species and this and that, but it's like all the men, you know, male animals, everything's gone except for one guy and his monkey. Um, and one, this one group, they just came across talks about how it's like, well, it was the rapture and the women were left behind. Like right. all the all the men went off to you know heaven or whatever it was, and that yeah. was their th- this group group's um, belief system on what happened. Yeah, uh, and but that's similar to kind of this. it's like the idea is like were we left behind, are we yeah. the leftovers, or was is what's happening to them the bad thing? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Marvel played with that idea with you know the Infinity Saga. 
Yeah. And the idea is like these people that are that you know have disappeared. That where do they go? Yeah. Right. Are they dead or are they like in some kind yeah. of phantom realm? Yeah, and and I love I love that. I mean, that's one thing I liked to I liked about it is that it didn't answer that question. Like it didn't answer what happened. It didn't. I love when. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. Because so they wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Um, and I, again, the more interesting story to me would have been the battle with that. Right, the battle with being the only left, the person left on the planet, and that you know, or he thinks that he is, and and then he meets another person. That's a that's. I mean, that story's been told, I guess, but there's there's something. There's nuances to it. Like, new, I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would have just been fine with him, like, having the, because he seemed like a guy that was fine with him being the only person left on the planet. Yeah. But well, he has that like, line. He has that one line where he says, um, I felt alone before. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. You're like, yeah, like, totally. I get it. Yeah. But the problem with that arc is, like, there's nowhere for him to go. Right. You know, he's already made peace with his life. So now the question has to become, it's, it'd be more about like, what would have been great is if he's made peace with the fact that he's going to be alone. He's the only person left and he does, and he's fine with that. And what would have been interesting is to ha- introduce, you know, a better version of her yeah. as a love interest. Yeah. Uh, and then realizes what it's like to have a human connection. And then you take her away. Right. Uh, in some terrible way that she's gone, gone for good. And then the last act is him wrestling with whether or not he can be on his own now. Yeah. Right. Again. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think the, the big problems for sure are the casting of her, of Elle Fanning. I think is a little off and just the sci-fi things for me, those, those two um, make it, hard for me to give it like if i was giving it a 10 at a 10 scale it's hard for me to get close to 10 because of those two big things maybe it's like a six and a half or something yeah six um, and a half like a seven kind of movie for me yeah it's just like it's fine i didn't love yeah. it i didn't hate it yeah I, I just wish i just wish there was that there's the, the payoff made me feel something because i think there's lots of feeling that war was there in that first 20 minutes you felt no i just back, went you know? Yeah, I just kind of went, what? Yeah, you're like, okay. Did I miss something? Did I? Yeah, it made me. Well, that's, and that's the problem. And that's like I say, that's like you run the risk of doing this because you alienate your audience because you pull them out of the movie and make them go, huh? Yeah. In a way that isn't them leaning in, it's them sitting back going, wait a minute, what? what?" Yeah. Uh, Yeah, totally. Which, Timber Love and. Yeah, and I, I think, I think. Like that, the idea of the Paul Giamatti character, it's interesting. It's like the idea of people wanting to forget. That's interesting. That's a, that's something that you could run with, you know, like that's something that like maybe she battles with and he battles with being alone, you know, or wanting to thinking that he wants to be alone. So there's, 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 there could have been a struggle just between two characters of like, of that, of like, yeah, but I, make I that a plot our, point. Yeah, exactly. Make, make that like a, a choice a character has to make. It just didn't, it felt like a great idea that wasn't executed. Yeah, I totally agree. I, and, and unfortunately, because again, I like everyone involved in that movie, the, the acting, the Reed Moreno, I love, and she's, she's probably one of the best cinematographers working on the planet. Uh, and I hope she keeps making movies. I just think the script itself wasn't good enough for her almost. <laughs> so it felt like, yeah, it wasn't quite there. Wasn't she? She made it as good as it could possibly be, and I think um, it, it went as far as it could go. But there's just some flaws in that. Yeah, I mean, I, but that said, you've got to like. I think that said, it's like if you're going to be the challenge with a lot of like when you see you know people that are are more you know tech crew people like DPs and production designers is that when they become directors, the question always comes is like, well, yeah, they can like do what they did before on an elevated level now, but can they do the stuff that a director does well, which is casting and story flow. And I would argue that it's like, you know, she's got some work to do in terms of that. Like it's easy for her to, to kill it as a director on Handmaid's Tale because she's got terrific writers to work with, you know, but on something like this, it just feels like it's like she didn't, you know, she brought her A game on terms of like making a technically wonderfully looking movie, but in terms of 
you know, directing a story that we could get emotionally invested in, I'd mm-hmm. say, you know, she kind of, she's got some work to do on those skill sets. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 maybe I, I still look at it like if that sci-fi was part of this. Yeah. That's, that's a good point actually. It, especially if you say yes to something, it's pr- usually because you agree with what's going on. So if you agree with that sci-fi twist and you still think it works, there's there's a little bit of an issue there. <laughs> like if I were reading that script, I'm not sure if I would have seen it as well as I do when it plays out in the film sense, but you usually can tell like, okay, that last act really needs some work or at least like sort of we need to figure out how to join that last act up with the first act a little better because right now it's just totally disjointed. You know? Yeah, and the, but then again, like I said, it's like you could have just have she might have loved that. She might have went, no, I love that. Yeah, totally. It just comes out of nowhere, and that's her choice. But yeah. then the challenge is, you know, I, I, you know, there's probably a reason why this movie hadn't I hadn't heard of it really. Yeah, you know, because people aren't talking about feel. it. People didn't feel. I, I think that's a. I think like even if that even if that one feeling you have is a sense of like surprise. Or, or you feel for a character that dies at the end of the movie or whatever the hell that is, that's what people remember and stay, stay with and want to talk about later. Whereas a movie like this, it kind of ends and you're kind of just left I thinking nothing and wanting nothing to do with it after. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And again, I don't think it's as bad as it sounds when I just said that. It's not that bad. But if you want, if you want a sustainable, a sustained interest, especially in an indie film, you kind of need to linger with that, those actually like real emotion. No, that's the only way you, you get it to track, right? Where the, with this one, I think you just like, I walked away going, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, that's, and that's what like, when I, um, when I look at Room for Rent, that, that that's a movie for me too, kind of just, it's, it's one of those movies. It's like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't think we hit the nail on the head as far as emotion goes in that movie. Even though it's a comedy, it's not supposed to get too emotional, but I think there's some stuff there that, you know, like it, it, there's there's a thousand reasons why it went it almost the whole production almost went off the rails. But um, so we we got a movie out of it that's good. But I think that that's the thing that it didn't it didn't explode on the indie film whatever scene, if you will. Because again, I, I think that like that last act is the should be the kind of the special thing that you know you connect to as an audience member and then want to tell your friends and like you want to talk about it and mm-hmm. you know so i think like in that there's sometimes that that's can be a very small little thing and sometimes it's a big thing but unless but if it just leaves you thinking like yeah okay <laughs> then there's something wrong with that and usually you can usually read that in the, in the script when you read it right it's usually kind of in there yeah, and but then sometimes the execution just gets marred, or you know the yeah. wrong things get cut out. Like no one sets out to make a bad movie, obviously. No, right? of course not. No, no. Everyone, everyone uh, yeah. goes. This There's is a thousand work. reasons why a movie ends up the way it does. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 more rare when something just like hits and everything works. Like that's yeah, yeah. almost like you know catching lightning in a bottle because there's so you know you you live on set. You 100%. know what it's like. It's like there's just so many opportunities for things to go wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think like as an execution, as a movie, and the execution was pretty solid on some fronts and on, you know, like on a, a few others, this is this, again, the sustainability of the, uh, of, of the, the second watch, uh, you know, I think that's, that's when I know a movie, you know what, actually I'll say this about Room for Rent. The more I watch <laughs> uh, that movie, the better it does get. So I got to give it to Matt the director uh, because there's so much stuff in there that I didn't see probably because I was stressed the fuck out and I was, you know, but, the, but this movie, I, I just, I don't think there is anything else there. You know, it's kind of, it's very surface. Unfortunately, it's very surface, you know? Yeah. And I got everything I needed out of the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my brain doesn't rack back and go, wait a minute. Does this mean this? And does that mean that? Like, yeah, I, I have no like urge to go through and, and, and and dive into it again, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I know. And again, that first 20 minutes, I, I'd watch that again. Like, I, I'm probably going to reference that in some sort of visual sense at some point because it's so gorgeous, but and it's so wonderfully executed. Like, it felt the score was great. The visuals were great. He was great. Everything kind of sort of worked really well. And then, yeah, again, she was introduced, made it a little not as good, and then soon as the sort of like the end of the second act when they're, 
introduced the the parents then i was just like okay i don't feel anything for anyone anymore yeah <laughs> so well there you go you got it. you got you got what you you got something out of it that you can use uh yes, in totally. terms of like creativity and i think that's the that's the that's the roger ebert way to look at it it's like what can i pull out of this that's good like what, there's yeah. something in here that i can pull from this and i think I like, you're right i think that i think the tone at times she nails i think the some of the dinklage stuff is great how subtle dinklage is the whole time i think he's great in it i think he couldn't have done a better job you know i think there's lots of great stuff in there but uh, as a movie i think it starts with the script and the script wasn't all there i assume yeah you know? Yeah, and that happens. Yeah, or or just things got cut out that shouldn't have been that messed with the pace. Like maybe there's stuff yeah. on the cutting room floor that they overcut for for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's true because it does feel it, again. It feels like almost like a, it feels like two movies. You know, I don't know something something felt weird about that. Yeah, you know that first that first forty five and the last forty five felt like two different things. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. No. But I, I still enjoyed the watch. I didn't hate it. That's for sure. I didn't uh, love it. Didn't uh, definitely didn't hate it by any means. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Thanks for joining me on this, bud. Hey. No problem. So yeah. Fun talking movies. Certainly is. We'll do a, next time. We'll do a deep dive into something old, old yeah. and classicy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Let's all go Thanks for joining us for I Think We're Alone Now. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby together.